Welcome friends, I am so grateful you are joining us today for Homespun, where we discover the, all the magic that comes from refocusing our lives around the home. I'm your host, Catherine Garland, a wife, a mama, and a lover of all things homemaking, who is passionate about creating a dream life of safety and joy for my four incredible children. I cannot wait to share today's conversation with you. Let's get into it. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Homespun. Today, I have a great conversation for you with the parenting coach, Cynthia Miller. She is also a home educating parent. She and her husband and their two girls are home, you know, most of the time together, the four of them. And they have built this magical life where they all work together. The girls go with them to work sometimes. They do field trips sometimes. They do all these things together with the focus of being, um, jiving everyone's needs. And they made that decision because they decided to trade their full days of home alone time because they did put their girls in school when their kindergarten journey began. And they wanted to, they didn't want the restrictions of the school schedule. So they decided to bring the girls home so that they would have the freedom of chores when they wanted, trips when they wanted, just life in general when they wanted. And then they could show the girls what real life looks like. And so this conversation is all about how that journey looked for them and why it was important for them. And it's really quite inspirational. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Cynthia Miller. So hi, Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really grateful for your time. I know life as a homeschool parent can be full on and chaotic. So I really appreciate you taking the time to meet with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, just looking at some of the information that you sent me, it sounds like you've had a heck of a ride in life, a lot of a lot of ups and downs that led you to this path you're currently on of parent coaching and a parenting, like a parenting coach and then homeschooling and just all the things that you you have going on. So I'd love to hear a little bit about you and your journey that led to this place. Yeah, um, I tell everyone I'm a walking billboard of never say never. Um I first said I would never have kids. Uh, it starts clear back there. Um, and I married my husband full well knowing he was going to have children or we we were going to have children. And I then again said never, I, I would never be a stay-at-home mom. I would always work. And in pops a really difficult twin pregnancy um, that shocked us. And I ended up deciding to stay home. And decided to build a photography business uh, during the first year that the girls were born and trying just to get myself out of the house as that first year is really, really tough. Mm-hmm. And through the last five years of doing the photography business, I learned that these that parents are are all struggling. We're struggling with connecting and struggling knowing how to navigate this world with kids. So I decided to start helping parents have a safe space to know that they could talk to me um, and maybe get some guidance, do some energy Reiki work and work on some of those emotions that get stuck within us. And then through all of that, we decided to homeschool. (laughs) Um, We had kind of talked about it the entire time that it would be awesome to be able to keep the girls home. Um, we've got twins that are now six years old. However, um, 
last year when I sent them to traditional kindergarten, I I was not in a mental health space to be able to even contemplate keeping them home. And so we decided to keep them home. And during that time, it was really weighing heavy on both my husband and my heart that we wanted them to be home. We wanted the flexibility that homeschool can provide us. And we made the decision when school ended in May to try it. Let's try it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we'll send them back in the fall. And we have been homeschooling since. We've taken a few weeks off here and there when we need to, but it's it's been a journey just since since May. That's amazing. And I just want to add that like you are you are just so easy to talk to. I I you clearly have you have the right personality and the right attitude for for making people feel really warm and welcome. And I'm sure that that really helps you in your business. So I really appreciate that and hearing this bit of your journey um, because it's real. I mean, you're, you were never, never say never is <laughs> what you're saying there. So you, you've done all these things, even though you were never going to do them. And I think that's just a beautiful way to show that like, you can just keep creating and, you know, your life just keeps changing as you allow it to. Um, so absolutely. How did you then decide that homeschool? You said you weren't in the headspace to homeschool, but you decided that you would anyway. Like, how did you, how did you come to that decision and come to be comfortable with that that path? And then, how has it looked since then? Because, you know, there's constant change yeah. within that world as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there were just some things that are happening uh, in the in the school system that we weren't really happy with. Um, as a family that just doesn't align with our current values, missions, and the trajectory of our family. Um, the other caveat that I like to add is we have been home, my husband, my kids, and I all together for since the girls were seven months old. I stayed home, and then my husband took a position that brought him home when the girls were seven months old. So we gave up a lot of freedom to be able to send them to the public school system, the freedom of being able to get up and go when we want, because he can work wherever he wants to. And I can too. Um, and that was, that was really big freedom. That was hard to give up. And I had to choose if I wanted eight hours a day for myself, or if I wanted to have our family priorities come first. Mm -hmm. So when we made the decision, um, I really wasn't sure it was going to work, to be honest. I really thought we're going to do it and it's not going to work. It's totally not. This isn't going to be easy. It's going to be so hard. I'm going to quit. Um, I tried to do a little bit of like preschool, homeschool during COVID and it did not go well. So we um, tried in in May. And again, like it's, we've added things and taken steps away and really made the focus on, on what belongs for the kids and helping them go at their own pace. Which is just the beautiful thing of homeschool. You get to really choose where you want your family to go, the trajectory you want to be on and start with the end in mind. You want to go there? Well, then that's where you're going. You don't have the outside push, push, pull, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So then what do your days as a homeschooling family look like? Because it sounds like you're really focused on lifestyle over, you know, 
arithmetic. Yeah. Not that I'm not saying you don't value those things, but they're also young and right. you're not, you're not working on calculus. So <laughs> absolutely not. Um, every day looks a little different. Uh, it depends on kind of what my day looks like with meetings and what activities they're involved in for the day. So for example, today, our routine was they got up, they did their morning routine, and they did what we call helpful family member tasks, which is really long for chores, but it takes away the the heaviness of a chore because really what we're doing is just being a helpful family member, a helpful citizen to our community. Um, and then I sat down and did reading with one, reading work for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then they got to go play for a little bit. And then we did math while we ate lunch and reading with my second one. Cause even though they're twins, they're very vastly different in their gifted skills, especially when it comes to reading. So that's one-on-one time that has to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll jump ahead. They're, they're on their way to dance right now. So that's their evening activity. Um, but come Thursday, we will be going into the city to our science center and they'll be doing a homeschool group there. So we won't be doing any set curriculum. They'll be headed to my grandma or to my mother's house to spend time with their cousin and some other friends during the day while I have meetings and their schoolwork is just doing the science curriculum with the science center that day. So there's a lot of flexibility in allowing my my schedule to come as much of a priority as their schedule is a priority. Mm-hmm. So it's finding a really a really nice balance between everyone's needs there and keeping everything like the again the focus of what you want as a family. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. I I I so I so much didn't want to give up some of the independence I got while they were in school. So it's finding get independence with their, when they're gone for eight hours. Right. And mm. I wanted to keep some of that for myself, but also give them more independence where they're not locked down to chairs for eight hours a day. Right. So how does that feel for you then within your, like your family vision? Cause you obviously like, it sounds like your husband probably has a bit more of a set schedule and you are a little bit more flexible around the girl's schedule. So like, what, what is the, what is the goal for keeping the family life cohesive while you're trying to juggle all of that? <laughs> Well, I mean, there's good days and there's bad days, right? <laughs> <laughs> Always. That's that's the truth. That's uh, the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, my my husband really does have a flexible schedule for the most part. Again, he can take those meetings on the go. So today he had, because I'm here, he had to take one of the girls to an orthodontist appointment, and uh, and it was an emergency appointment where have uh, one of her uh, devices had come detached, so she had no. to go, and it was. he had to go so he had to take the meetings on the go um they the benefit is the girls grew up with us working so they know when it's appropriate to be loud and where it's not and we respect that there's this mutual respect the girls have gone with me to photo sessions with newborns they just know that this is mom's work and it's also good for them to see that it's good for them to see what it's actually like to be in the workforce versus this theoretical vision of what the workforce looks like it really sounds like like the true version of life school right like it's like it sounds like you know 
a modern version of a house from the 1750s where you know the kids went to work with the candle maker dad or like insert whatever you have visions of here yeah but it's like it really is like they were just a part of it all a part of the vision absolutely absolutely learning learning that they're they're a part of our lives we're not a part of their life they are part of this family this is a really big part of my my vision and I think they probably get so much out of that like we're we, I feel like in the modern day, we're so concerned with, we have to entertain them and we have to have the perfect colorful toys and they have to be stimulated this way and stimulated that way. Meanwhile, them doing dishes with you is stimulating for them. And it is, it is, it's a thing. I mean, we came home from dance last night and I wanted one to like start winding down, get pajamas on because it's seven o'clock and she's running around trying to collect laundry to do laundry. She was so excited. And the biggest thing I tell my clients is like, it's so much work to teach your three-year-old how to wash dishes. And I've got videos of my two-year-old washing dishes, but it's so much easier at six. And I can't imagine how much easier it's going to be at 16 when the, that work is done so much earlier. Mm-hmm. Because when you do dishes with a toddler, you're washing the floors later that night. But when you do dishes with a toddler, by the time they're seven, they can wash the dishes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess that that leads really well into you're talking about how you're talking to your clients about this sort of thing. How does being a parenting coach help with homeschool life? Like how has that changed maybe your vision or your focus or the way you approach this to make homeschool life maybe a little smoother? (laughs) Yeah, I so I started this really of like not understanding how I was going to be able to help parents. I knew that parents were missing the support. There's this, you know, it takes a village to raise a kid, but the village doesn't exist anymore. And Mm -hmm. so, and I've seen a lot of like, well, you have to hire your village. Your mother-in-law doesn't come and clean your house once a week for you anymore. So you have to hire that. Um, I once was told by my husband's grandmother, well, I never had a housekeeper. And then years later, and that was hurtful, right? As I had someone coming once a week. And then years later, I heard, well, I wish I could come help you. Grandma Ruth used to come help me once a week, pick up all the toys. And there it is. And, and there it is. There's the village that I no longer have. So I mm-hmm. have to hire it. Um, and, and what I really also learned is I'm not sure what you know about like Reiki and emotional work. However, this idea that our energy can be shaken by experiences right and I've learned through working with some parents and kids that if we can focus on aligning our energy like our chakras and our auras and all that stuff we can find and connect ourselves with our higher power Mm -hmm. we tend to be able to lead from a place of abundance rather than depletion and so Mm -hmm. I work a lot with my parents um on fulfilling their inner batteries through either meditation or prayer or whatever works for them so that they're not at the end of the day really on E and they're able to come in maybe with a fourth of a tank of a gas in their energy and their patience rather than I don't know how many times I've gone and put my kids to bed and I'm literally running on fumes with patience and it doesn't work out for anybody anybody that doesn't make a happy home life not at all. So what are the best strategies you have then to fill, to fill your battery that you use or that you recommend? Yeah. Um, 
I really started focusing on putting myself first, which is really, really hard as a mom. It's Mm -hmm. undeniable. I never understood why it was hard, why people said it was hard. And then I went through four years of why is this so hard? Why do I feel like I can't find the time to do what, what fills my battery? And that's sometimes as simple as holding the laundry at 6am in silence, like, you know, just the silent time. I like, so now, um, six years, almost seven years in, I really feel like seeing my day with quiet time and whatever fills my soul in this phase of life. So in the morning I do laundry. I sit in the sauna for 20 minutes and meditate. And then in the evening I read for 30 minutes to an hour a novel. Um, and that I never read. I mean, even as a kid, I hated reading and I really challenged myself this year that I was going to start reading because all I read is self-help books and self-development books. I'm like, no, you should read some novels. Um, (laughs) Try a novel or two. I mean, everybody says it's a great thing. And I can tell you that my sleep is better. My patients are better. Um, so much is better by recognizing that tapping my day. And I want to say like, if you've got a little kid at home, that's not sleeping, that's, that's really hard to do. So Mm -hmm. finding nuggets, within your day for those moments is also just as important. I find that the season we're in here right now is our kids span from 11 down to almost six. So, um, you know, we're starting to hit that preteen years where they're not, they're staying up later. And I didn't realize how much I cherished my quiet evenings until I started losing my quiet evenings. And I just feel like I'm doing bedtime for like three hours now, because by the time you're finished, like teeth and stories and toileting and whatever with the little ones well the big ones are now right because we still do family story time even with the big ones like I'll read I'll read a novel or what have you to the older ones and by the time I finish the little ones I'm ready the big ones are ready for their time and even if I just had a gap in between I feel like it would be a little easier but it's just yeah I didn't realize how much I cherished evenings until so until I really feel like I have one that um, really struggles at going winding down and going to bed and I constantly find myself saying, if I need my alone time so I can be the best mom for you that I can be. And I need you to go back to your room so I can have this, so I can be a good mom tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't, she struggles. She struggles with bedtime and it's been that way. We've hired the sleep coaches. I've got a new one that I'm working with. I'm like, what <laughs> can I do? What can I change? I can't, I can't handle not having a quiet time especially when I'm home all day with them. Like I run that all day. I need, not only do I need, but I also deserve that time to Mm -hmm. recharge myself so I can be the best version for them. Right. Cause when you're home, like you said, you're home with everyone all the time. Like the four of you are home. You have a true home-based life. So yes, (laughs) a lot of together time. When COVID yeah. happened, we didn't have to have a conversation of what quarantine was going to look like because we had been living it for three years. Like, <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> that made that one easier, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> What's, what, what, what do you mean? No, nothing changed. Nothing changed. Yeah. But I mean, and it's that it's a, I guess it's a double-edged sword some days. For the most part, it's the life that you've chosen. I've chosen. It's very much an intentional decision, but then it makes little bits like just having time like I just I'm just like 
don't talk to me time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That was a little yeah. harder. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for all of that. I just have one last question I would like to ask you. And it's just simply, what does home mean to you? A safe space to grow and learn who you are. Mm, and learn who you are. I like that so much. Yeah. Yeah. If we can really figure that out, how much easier the rest of life would be, right? Right. Right. Learn who our true self is, what like the up from the inside mm. and what matters to us as a person. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for this conversation. If you wanted to just let my listeners know where they can find you and uh, figure out more about your services, that'd be great. Yeah. So you can find me at parentfamilyempowerment.com or on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at the same handle of Parent Family Empowerment. Awesome. So I will link all of that in the show notes so everyone can find you with ease. And uh, I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for this conversation. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today for this conversation, my friends. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Join the Facebook community to stay inspired about home-centric living. Check out my tips on creating a home-focused life in the show notes. And if you have any questions for me or today's guest, submit them below and I will do my very best to get them answered. I want everyone to feel inspired to see the power of a strong and secure home life. So please share this episode with someone who came to mind during the conversation. I'll see you next Monday, my friends, because we never miss a Monday around here.